just heard uh, The House Is Yours, which was the debut single from the far north. We're going to talk now to Lee Walden about their new single. Hi, Lee. Hi, Ian. You right, buddy? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Uh, what have you been yeah. doing during lockdown? Recording new stuff or writing new stuff? Yeah, uh, and then just as lockdown what wore on, just less and less of anything. kind of rips it out of you a little bit, doesn't it? So lockdown one, we were like mastering the album and, and we were hearing mixes and stuff and that was really cool. And then uh, lockdown two, we actually released the album in lockdown two. A lockdown three, with it being obviously winter and not that much music, you know, has been getting written really and, and not that much, but just kind of positive and looking forward to, to what the rest of the year brings really, you know? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's a frustrating time for, for everyone because mm. no one knows, you can't plan too much ahead, can you, with events or, or gigs because it all depends on, on how it looks in the future a little bit. Yeah, we, well, you know, no one knows what's going to happen really. So, you know, we like to think this is the last lockdown and we're all very hopeful never happen again with the vaccines and you know and the, the science behind it and what people you know what the scientists understand you know so we'll just have to see but I'm a real glass half empty kind of guy sometimes and like I don't know <laughs> you know I really really hope that this is it now and we can really start to plan you know everyone in the world starts to plan for their futures you know in the next six months but you know we'll have to wait and see I think yeah sure now you evolved from the ashes of the fireflies tell me about those days Lee yeah maybe. I formed the band in Canada. I was out there uh, just kind of playing a lot of the coffee shops and just kind of like on the bit of the Neil Young trail really just kind of discovering myself and writing this acoustic music. So when I got back to the UK we uh, hired you know an audition for like a load of musicians and we kind of played this kind of heavy music the Fireflies and over the course of six albums it kind of went way more Americana. So I wanted to do something more acoustic you know I li- literally wanted to make uh, more direct acoustic music but yeah the Fireflies was great you know we did loads and loads of tours supported loads of festival bands we sold and streamed millions and millions of albums and we had our own beer named after us uh, a brewery in Runcorn our, our native Runcorn and you know we played all over the world and we played all over the world so it was it was great I mean you know we're one of those great kept secrets really that like the people that you know thousands of people enjoyed our music and like I say we did really well and it, well, back on it I think it was just a great time really but the, you know it ended when it ended and, and I think start of a new chapter with the Far North there was no Fireflies there would never have been a Far North I think Were you um, working with Andy Packer at that time or is she the new kid on the block yeah she was the drummer in the fireflies yeah you've stayed together now you've gone out as a duo and you called yourself the far north now your debut album songs for gentle souls just tell us a little bit about that you know i always wanted to make an album that was direct i always wanted to make acoustic more gentle heartfelt music really uh, i have for a long long time and i always had that itch that never went away you know when you're in a rock band and when you're in you know an indie band there's always that kind of oh what if we did something with violins and strings and acoustic and all that kind of thing so finally got to got round to doing it but yeah songs for gentle souls some of the tracks are old fireflies tracks that we kind of um, rejuvenated between me and nigel stoner obviously the, the producer of the album and we're just really really happy with how how it was received like i say it got to number one on the apple music charts 
number one on Amazon as well on the music charts the day it came out. And I think it's had something like 125,000 streams or something like that. That, that isn't bad, really, when we can't go out and support it. You know what I mean? The fact that we can't really do any shows. It means people are picking up on your stuff without you having to promote it in real time, really. That's it, yeah. It's really humbling, really, to, to be honest with you. I'm just really happy with how it's been received. And, you know, we've had some national airplay and we've had some really cool people write about us. I spoke to some really incredible people about my music, such as now. Just really proud of it and just really focused on this genre of music, you know, and I have been for it for a long time. So I just hope people can find something they they can latch on to or they can kind of find solace in on those uh, 11 tracks. A while ago, I um, interviewed Bob Harris and um, he was telling me about the, the rise in Americana scene in the UK. Yeah. And uh, that's phenomenal because it's, you know, what is Americana? It's sort of bluegrass, a bit of Cajun thrown in and country. So it's a mixture of of various styles. But do you think we've got our own style or do you think the US, Canada have got a different one? Good question that. Um, I mean, like you say, the genre is many, many styles. You know, you could class Springsteen, The Counting Crows, Bob Dylan, Neil Young. You know, they're all Americana, but they're all not at the same time. Yeah. Elements of each band. You know, I don't think anyone's a truly an Americana band. That's like, I always feel like it's a, a synergy, an amalgamation of, of other things, like, say, country, rock, folk. You know, it's all these things. I think, um, you know, we just kind of said Americana because that's what we got called by a couple of magazines, really. You know, UK Americana with the Fireflies. And I thought, well, we're kind of, kind of run with this, really. But yeah, I mean, it's got its own charts these days, The you know, Americana in the UK, and it's got its own wards and that. But I'm sure something originates from Ireland. I'm sure there's some Irish connection. And then obviously there was like the Heartland. The Celtic you know, sort of uh, touches. Yeah, yeah. Celtic stuff, yeah. And then I think when people think Americana, they do think, do think kind of Bob Dylan and Neil Young and... Yeah, Crosby, Stills and Nash. Yeah, yeah Crosby, Stills and Nash, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Matt, absolutely. They're, they're one of the first ones off the tongue. And then, of course, some like the likes of the Shires to, to the Civil Wars, who were um, so many bands. And, you know, Taylor Swift's roots were, were massive, massively Americana. Um, just so many. But then you can go back to like the likes of like Jackson Brown as well, and even Tom Petty. It, it's crazy. It, it's such a mad moniker. It's such a crazy banner. It's all-encompassing Americana music. You could literally, you could find Americana on some oasis. You know what I mean? On some of those beach <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. it, it is everywhere. So it's, it's a wonderful genre to be part of, you know. Now, the UK producer that, that done that album, of course, is Nigel Stonia. Now, he's worked with big names, hasn't he? Linus Farn, yeah. Joan Baez, Robert Plant and, and others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You must have been very, very happy to get him on board to produce your album. Yeah, well, I kind of knew, I semi-knew Nigel anyway, uh, because he curates the um, Words of Music Festival in Nantwich. So put the Fireflies on and contacted me a couple of months later just saying, like, because he knew the Fireflies were releasing, like, our fifth, fifth or sixth album. I forget now. And he just asked me how it was going. I said, well, it's honest with you, mate. I said, I think um, the Fireflies has run its course and I'm looking to do something a bit more direct. And he was like, oh, right, OK, well, do you want to maybe meet up and have a chat? So we met up and support from Red Lantern Records and LR Music Fund. We were all on the same page and we ended up working with Nigel at Airtight Studios in Manchester for the best part of five, six weeks. So really serendipitous how it happened. You know, we kind of knew him through a friend of a friend and like I say, he hired us for the festival. And then before we knew it, we were, we were making this album and, and now, you know, me and Nigel remain really, really good friends. So the guy is such a pedigree though, you know, in, in the industry and especially, you know, country folk and American. Everyone knows Nigel and, and he knows everyone and great songwriter in his own right as well, you know, the guy is very talented and we're very fortunate to have had him produce our debut album. He also done some stuff on um, Bob Harris's um, charity single for the musicians, Help Musicians UK, didn't he? Yeah, I think he played piano on that stuff. Yes, I yeah. think he did. Yeah, good stuff, yeah. Just about here, our second uh, single from that album, Songs of Gentle Souls, This Is Runaway. 
Runaway Lee, your early influences, um, who sort of inspired you growing up? Guitar, really, and to start, start writing songs was definitely Oasis. I was like 13, 14 when Definitely Maybe came out, and with them being, you know, 20 miles down the road from us here in Cheshire, yeah, it was mind-blowing, really, Definitely Maybe. And then um, I, I bought every single the day they came out and just kind of obsessed over the album and, and in turn got into a load of other UK bands. That, I don't really like the moniker, they're Britpop. Yeah, I just think it's a bit lazy. But I think all those bands that came out of that time, I came of age then. So the likes of Ocean Colour Scene and, you know, James and, yeah. and uh, you know, the Pulse, cult. Suede yeah, yeah. and all those bands I was really, really into. Yeah. So, I mean, they were the first time, they were the first band really that made me pick up the guitar. But I had a massive kind of awakening with like grunge, like Nirvana and Pearl Jam before that. So like when I was like 11, 12, I was totally just turned on to this kind of American music. But because it was quite far away and a bit distant and they sung, you know, they sang songs about not the happiest kind of things really. And then when Oasis came along with like Live Forever, it just kind of changed my outlook and just, just started writing songs and formed my first band called Warp in 1995. And we got signed to Maxbox Records. And from there, you know, joined the dots to, to the final flies to the far north. So it's been a long, long and um, illustrious career, I think. By writing your own material, I always have said this to bands that just cover bands, you know, they really should try writing their own stuff because, I mean, even the Beatles were a cover band in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd rather be at the very bottom of a tree I want to climb than halfway up a tree I don't, do you know what I mean? And I always sure. thought, because a lot of people have said to me that, that I could have been in a, a cover band or I could have made money playing weddings or other stuff, but I never did it. I never, I've never covered another song. I mean, I, I always, when I do my Facebook Live thing, I always do Heart of Gold by... Neil Young anyway just as a, one of my favourite tracks so why not we'll probably do it live but like other than that it's never really appealed to me doing covers and I've, I know people I've got friends who make good money in cover bands uh, it's just not for me it's, my heart is so way, so far away from that really and I want to you know I want to be a creator I want to create the music and I want to sing these words that, that mean a lot to me you know so I uh, never really went down that and I think I've taken the scenic route with my music really I've definitely took the scenic route and um, to get where I wanted to be but you know so what it doesn't matter does it I mean it could take another 20 years couldn't it who cares exactly you've done quite well in the uh, some of the American charts haven't you yeah I think it was South Carolina we um, when we released This House Is Ours it went to number one on their college radio so like they just played that for like six seven weeks just seemed to really fly with that track really and <laughs> it's kind of crazy but yeah i mean all over america we, we've got lots of fans and i think the the album went to number 88 in the uh, canadian chart when it came out as well so <laughs> we've got some friends in faraway places which is quite nice really and your third release branches it's a very strong track i think that'll do well as well yeah hopefully yeah i mean it's just obviously the, the thing with like a single is it's already on the album isn't it you can download it anyway it's already there but we're hoping that People just kind of take to it on, on the day and it can kind of move its way up, kind of chart and get a little bit more recognition. But people have said that. People say, like, when they've heard the album and listened to it, it was Branches that, that was the track that really stood out, not to disparage any of the other tracks, but um, they just say that seems to be a really, really strong one. So we thought it was a no-brainer to release it as a single. And the version of it that we did, the Fireflies, that is an old Firefly song, and it was the first track that we that got played at Old Trafford. Alan Keegan, the guy who, put, who was the announcer, Old Trafford Stadium played uh, Branches for, for months uh, back in 2014 I think so obviously we sat on that track for a while and then obviously redone it and it's all shiny and whatnot just hope people enjoy it really 
just please you just going back to you lee finally what are your plans now for coming out of this lockdown yeah there's a few things uh, that, that's kind of penciled in at the moment with like a, a few other bands like support slots and whatnot so all being well it will come to fruition so some of it's very very early next year which seems crazy but it'll be here before we know it you know we're already tearing towards the middle of march so three months have gone a quarter of the year's nearly gone so you know yeah uh, i think there's a few like one-off shows heading like late summer early autumn so it's just we'll just get a few things penciled in really and see what happens quite pessimistic about the world fully opening up so i'm not going to get too excited or say too much really and, and then it all kind of get high boss so um well yeah you know with the greatest world in the world we want to get out play 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 you know yeah i bet you'd love to play at glastonbury wouldn't you yeah yeah that'd be fantastic yeah yeah we'll see see what happens this year really with, with what's coming up and whatnot so uh but yeah, you know, we wouldn't say no. <laughs> if anyone will have us, we'll buy it, you know. How's Andy doing? Is she raring to go as well? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, both of us just looking forward to um, getting out there, really, you know. Well, I wish you all the best with this uh, album, your single release. That you get it a big inroads into the States and Canada because they love all that music over there, don't they? Oh, they really do, yeah. You know, I, I've always felt at home in Canada and visited the States a good few times. So all being well, you can get the guitar in the next couple of years and we can head back over and, and uh, play our music to those lovely people. Lee, it's been lovely talking with you. Thanks a lot, Ian. The branches there won't hold the weight of our love So let's build another home